You're listening to the Strategically Podcast. I'm Tyler Collins. And I'm Brandon Collins. As we like to say, strategy is all about finding the best way to get from where you are to where you want to be. Head over to our website, Strategically, that's strategic.li, for more tools and content. But right now, you can join us for this casual conversation where we dive deep into the concepts behind thinking strategically in life, business, or whatever you care about. I think we have done, this will be the third session on Mm. finding your desired future, Yeah, um, which maybe seems like a lot, but I think that just owes to the fact that that is that important and there's that much nuance and um, uh, yeah, different layers to it. So the first two sessions we did, we covered five different uh, processes or approaches to figuring out if you don't know uh, where you should be headed. Because the rest of the a strategy we always talk about is a way to get from where you are to where you want to be. Uh, and if you're like, well, I don't know where I want to be. I don't know where I should be headed. Um, we spent some time talking about uh, five ways to figure that out uh, for you. So if you want to go back to the last couple sessions, last couple episodes, you can do that. And there's going to be all of that. And then uh, last session, we kind of hit a couple of, um, I don't know, some nuance to it. Uh, What if you are uh, working through those five methods and they're not working for you? Or what if you're working through those sessions and you're getting sort of mixed, uh, mixed signals, mixed results? We talked about through, you know, what does that mean and how do you handle that? Um, And then another one um, that's something that I've personally experienced. We talked about, you know, what if you fall short? What if you are like, well, I'm doing this, but I don't know. I still don't know where I should go. And we kind of dealt with all that. So if any of that sounds like uh, something you have a question about, definitely head back there. Today, we're going to dig into what is probably one of our favorite things to talk about. I, I, th- I don't know if you agree with that, but <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to talk about level of success. And I remember when we first hit on this, like we must have spent, what do you think, four or five hours just yeah. talking about what it is and how most people never think of it. Like, yeah. I don't know that I've ever heard anyone talk about this. I'm sure they do, but I never- think people think about it. I've never heard anybody discuss it and I've never heard anybody discuss it on the level that we're about to discuss it um, because it is, how do I say this? It's, it's very, maybe controversial is the right way mm. to say it. Um, it's against the common wisdom for sure, right? Definitely that. But I think it's more than that. I think that there is a, I don't know how else to say this, but like a morality, people think mm. about this in really moral, stark moral terms. That I don't think is fair. Um, for example, like you hear billionaires, you know, maligned a lot because they're billionaires. So it like their level of mm. success is almost a negative in people's minds. And there's an assumption that maybe they got there from immoral ways. And we're not mm. necessarily going to get into all of that. But the fact that it's okay to strive for really high levels of success Um I don't know why, but I think that is like a weird taboo thing to say. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, sure. Um, or, or you have the other extreme, which is like that. Yep. <laughs> you want to get in? You want to say what you're? About yeah, to say? Well, that's what I was yeah. going to say. I, I have more often heard that one, or that's the one I feel culturally, especially where we're from in North America and United States, is the cultural taboo. If you were to say, um, I, I don't know, like if if you don't have your sights set high enough. People are yes. like, well, what, like, why even bother? Like, what a waste of time. You're wasting your life. You're wasting your time. Yeah. And, and on the one uh, hand, people will say, and we're not, we don't need to get, we're just introducing the topic. But, you know, on the yeah. one hand, you know, I, I read a book, The Dip, which is a great book. I, I would highly recommend it. But one of the, one of the things in that book that he talks about is be the best in the world at your thing. You know, like pick something, be the best in the world at it. 
That's such a black and white <laughs> view, <laughs> yes, and I yes. get why he says it, and I would recommend the book. It's actually a very short book, too, so if you're looking for something to get you thinking along those lines, that'd be a great introduction. Who's that by? I don't remember off the top of my head. So you have that on the one hand, which and there's other authors like that. Um, there's another guy. I can picture his face. Seth, Seth Godin. That's Seth who Godin, okay. The, um. He's a big self-help guy, so I don't even feel like I need to say his name, but who's all about, you know, crush everyone and, you know, demolish your (laughs) opponents. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, as we get into it, you'll see, I think that there's a lot more levels there. So on the one hand, this is way, way, way more important than people think it is. Yes. So I want to say that off the bat. I I think that this might be, besides determining your desired future, you know, your end destination, that whole piece that we covered in the last like three sessions, um, ad nauseum, you're guys, if you've watched those streams, you're probably sick of us talking about it, (laughs) but it's that important. So, but I think everybody understands why that is super important. I don't think people understand as much why this is incredibly important. So if, if there's like a hierarchy of how important these things are, that would be number one. You know, you got to know your destination, but then this would be number two. And yet I feel like this is the one mm. that most people skip right. and spend no time on, right? That's right. If if someone, you know, the last couple of sessions, like again, something we've said multiple times is people tend to skip finding, pausing to make sure they're headed in the right direction. Yeah. But even if you're like, oh no, I think that it is important. This is the next, like even more likely is that you're going to skip this. Yeah. Um, so let me pause and maybe just give a little bit of definition to what we mean when we say that. And I'm, I haven't thought this through in advance, so I'm going to try to try to stumble my way towards it. And then you tell me if it made any sense. So people often say, or not often, but you may have heard like, hey, find your desired future. What's your purpose? What's your vision? What's your goals? Like figure out where you're headed. That's what we've been talking about. And we've even pushed back on some of those terms and the ways it normally is done and so on. But then let's suppose you find your desired future. You realize, uh, you know, maybe it's like, I want a family. It's your personal life. Or maybe it's a business thing and it's, uh, you know, um, I want my uh, sales team to, uh, you know, be successful or something like that. That's super vague and probably not a good point. But <laughs> So let's take those two. Yeah. Neither of those really has a level of success baked into it because what does my sales team being successful, what does that mean? Like what, how many dollars in sales is that? Are you the best yeah. in the company? Are you the best in the world? Are you positive, net positive? Are you, you know, what does that mean? Is everybody getting promoted? Um, so there's different layers or levels of success there or the family one, like, does that mean you have a child and now you mark that off? Or does that mean like you have a child and they go to college? Or does that mean you have five kids or I guess level of success family? That's a little weird, but I think the point is to say you can take another layer. No, I I think um, that some people would consider having a family, a level of success. Uh, maybe success is the wrong word, but it's the same idea. It's it's a, an expectation maybe that you have in your mind of something that you want to attain. That I think is what we mean by success, right? Say that again, an expectation. An expectation of something you want, something you want that you want to reach. So it's very, I, I think it is similar to outcome or destination. It's similar to destination, but it's different. <laughs> so we probably need to talk about how those two things are different before we like get into this. Um, and you know, super, super deep. Yeah. So yeah, I so think, I'm, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. I'll go. So I, I think I've shared this story once before, but I'll share it again because it really applies well here. Um, I had, uh, let me go negative sort of both extremes. Cause this, this really can, we kind of introduced this already. We, this can go both ways. So 
I was talking with someone who was uh, a sales consultant or a sales um, rep, and they were like, yeah, I'm really like working hard uh, to, um, you know, make this a successful year for me. That was kind of their general sentence. Like, I'm going to work harder and have more success. That was what they knew there. So that's like sort of a desired future. Now we could poke holes and say, well, is that very clear? Probably not, but let's just go with it for a minute. Cause that's like a really practical example. Someone said to me, Hey, I'm going to make this a successful year, but they didn't know what number of sales they wanted. They didn't know yeah. how much money they wanted to earn. So that's where a level of success comes in. Um, or I think people have a general idea of maybe growth. Growth might be a, a thing that people would say, yeah, that's what my goal is growth. Well, how much growth? Are you saying like growth by 1% or growth by 100% or growth by 200%? Like if you're in if you're in startup world, success there means like 2000% growth. And like no <laughs> yeah. one bats an eyelash at like 20% growth. But if you're If you GE, say 20% growth it's sort of like, eh, I'll yeah, pass, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. But if you're, you know, General Electric, if you're Johnson and Johnson, like I don't know, 20% growth might be amazing. That might be like really excellent for a company that large and that old you know, that uh, well established. So, uh, and then flips. Okay. Then another example is maybe you are a um, car repair shop. Like you're not looking to grow 2000%. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You probably physically even couldn't like, there's not enough (laughs) garages in your city. Yes. You would have to literally like buy (laughs) buildings and build them faster than you could to grow 2000% in a year. So that, but I think the point is what makes sense for you. And then I want to, I think what we want to spend time on is how, do you know, how can you find what your level of success is in, in, in alignment with finding your desired future? When would you want to reach for a higher number? And when would you be more comfortable with a lower number? And what might go into that? Um, but I want to think, I think I want to dig in and I'm curious if you want to hit the, um, so you said something earlier when you were introducing it about, you know, people sort of uh, not demonizing, but vilifying people who want a high level of success. So why do you think that is? And where have you seen that? Like I, that struck me interesting. I didn't, I didn't really. Yeah. I, I do want to dive that. into that in, in a second, but I, I want to talk, I want to try to delineate these just a little bit more. Cause I don't, I think we're just talking around it. I'm not sure we've quite hit it yet because so I was just thinking of another example of like, how do I explain the difference between desired destination and desired level of success? Cause they are different. In, mm-hmm. in one sense, they're, they're connected. Like maybe there are different sides of the same coin. I, I could see that being a decent analogy. Um, or maybe a better way of saying it is your destination is a country and your desired level of success is a specific city. You know what I mean? It, so it could sure. even be thinking of it like that where you're, you're zooming contained. it down. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought of like, oh, I want to be, th- this is what I thought. I want to be a professional violinist. That could be your end destination for whatever reason like you love playing the violin or whatever um well there's a lot of levels in there right (laughs) like do you want to be like a famous youtuber because i've seen that you know like youtubers Mm. that do violin stuff and maybe they make money from that do you want to be like in the philharmonic (laughs) do you want to be putting out like your own albums you know in in that or do you want to be the best in the world that would even be a different level of success is your success going to be tied to how great of a violinist you are like you are now just comparing your violin skills to other people's violin skills mm. and that's how you're going to determine your level of success or are you going to determine your level of success in how financially stable you are mm. while doing your you know achieving your goal of being a professional violinist which maybe that goes without saying, because if you're a professional, then we would assume there's like financial success there. Right. So I don't know. D- does that clarify things? Yeah. You think that, that? Yeah. So I think what you're doing there is 
you've said you've pointed out something interesting, and I think we actually have a note about it somewhere in here. Uh, sometimes your level of success is built into your desired future. So if you said, "I want to be a professional violinist," there is a minimum built into that, which is what you have here at number five. Yes. How financially stable you are, there is a minimum you would have to be making at least some financial success coming out of that. Um, or another one might be, um, oh, I had it, it flew away from me. Anyway, uh, like maybe the sales goal, like if you were net negative, you know, or the sales example I was using, like I want to have sales growth. Well, obviously growth me implies a positive net change. So there's a built in. But then I think what you're pointing out in the same breath is to say that isn't, there's a lot more that is still left vague in that simple minimum in that Absolutely. I want to be a professional, right? Yeah. And I do think when we talked about destination, we were talking about the minimum. I think mm-hmm. that, that that's why people skip this step because I think there's an assumption that's like, well, if I could just get into yeah. the NBA, that's yeah. my dream. I think that is exactly how you should look at destination. Like I want to get to a place. Getting to the NBA mm. is getting to a place. But that's not the same as saying I want to be the GOAT. <laughs> you know, I want to be the greatest of all time in the NBA. That's level of success. Or I just want to be a role player. You know, I just... I want one ring, you know, I want to win mm-hmm. the championship one time. We talk, I talk about the ba- basketball a lot because it's my favorite sport. Uh, so if you get tired of those illustrations, I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have another thought of you could illustrate that differently than sports? Maybe <laughs> sports. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Here's one. Like, yeah. so maybe you're like, I want to get hired by this company. I want to get yeah, hired by that's Google a great or one, yes. I want to become a professional marketer. Like, but I think we, when you're not there and I think you made a good point there, like getting to the place when you're a ways off, um, that vague destination is enough. Yes, like, absolutely. In some ways it is enough. And for a while, it will be enough. But the closer you get, and once you, especially once you arrive, mm. you, you, it see, at first it seems like it doesn't matter. You're yeah. like, oh man, if I could That's work at all Google, I want. Yeah. yes, or if I could get into the NBA. But then you get there, and I, you know the story that came to my mind. I hate to go back to the NBA, but you no, were talking okay. as you were talking about yeah. it was Jeremy Lin. Yeah, um, he gets into the NBA and then just has a terrible first. Not that he played terrible necessarily, but he just had yeah. a bad experience, like getting bounced around from team to team and never really given a shot. Um, and so then like, you're like, well, is, was it even worth it? Like, was he glad he got to the NBA at that point? I don't know. Like we could have to go watch his little, you know, his interview or something. But the point is when you're far away, just getting there feels like enough, but the closer you get, and especially once you get there exactly where you want to be and exactly, um, what level of success you want in that thing becomes even more vital. Uh, you'll get, you will be, you'll be adrift without clear direction yeah. very quickly if you do not take this step. And there's there's other important, huge, huge important things that we're going to get into. And we already started touching on them about, you know, why people are vilified for level of success. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, so another example I thought of is, okay, I'm going to, I want to start a small business with whatever, mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Um, so for a while, you're just like, I just want to have that business, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? Like well I just want to start my business. I want it to be successful. I want it to be, and you might not even, this is how I would think about it. I wouldn't think about, think about having arrived. Like I wouldn't say to myself, oh, I've arrived until that business is, you know, doing well, floating on its own, like decent financials, that kind of a thing. Then I would say, okay, yeah, I have a small business now. And I probably wouldn't even say success, but I think success is a decent word for that. Like it's successful in that. And I think you're, you know, the words you're using there are perfect. Self-sustaining, good financials. I have good employees. Then I would say to myself, I've got a good small business. Yeah. But that is not, I still haven't thought about level of success. Do, do I want to start 
Uh, I don't know. This just came to mind because I, my wife and I have been doing a lot of uh, landscaping. But, you know, maybe so maybe I'm starting a landscaping business and I'm like, oh, I want to be the number one Mm. landscaping business in my town i want to be the number one landscaping business in my county i want to be the number one landscaping business in the state <laughs> you know so sure. like those are different levels of success and maybe it wouldn't even be geographical maybe it's financial so you would say i we want to be and i think this is what i see a lot we want to take in x number of dollars a year in revenue 2 million 3 million 5 million whatever the number might be mm. 200,000 let let's you know we'll keep it even more like smaller but um and the reason why that's so important um it, because the next all of your next steps are going to drive from your destination and then your level of success so if you don't have those like really really clearly defined the next steps that you're going to take for your strategy you're going to be lost. Like you're going to be on that ocean and the wind is just going to be knocking your, we use this illustration a lot of the sailboat, but the the wind is just going to be knocking you all over the place and you're going to be going this way and that way. And uh, so that's that. And we'll get into that a little bit more. Why, why that, why that is the case. Yeah. I have another thought on that. So that we've been talking about starting something, but I think the majority of people, uh, they will not be starting something from scratch. That's a great point. They will be, leading a team, yeah. leading an organization, or you're looking at your life even, you know, mm-hmm. you... Um, yeah, maybe uh, your salary. Your salary, yeah. and, it, and it already exists. Yes. And so you're... there. One, and, and this is something that is sort of human nature. Once something exists, it has a life of its own. It has momentum. It has, it has a will to survive almost. Um, so like, like, if you start... A business, it doesn't matter what your goals were at the beginning. Like ten years later, <laughs> yeah, that there are there are people in that organization, and all they're thinking is, we have to survive, we mm. have to exist, we have to continue, and so that's where the goals can be become very vague very quickly, um, and become things like survival or growth or uh, stopping if you're if you're on a decline, stopping the decline, uh, the, the, and those goals are not specific enough. That the desired future is not is not specific enough. And I think that's really where people miss the boat. Like, you know, when we first started talking about this was when we were talking about some friends of ours and an organization that we've been associated with at various points in our lives. And our friends were sort of talking about like, man, what can we do to turn things around? And we both realized they're being too vague with that. Like turn things around. That's not a desired future. I mean, it is in the sense of it's a destination, right? But it's not in the sense that you will not get specific enough guidelines, specific enough direction from that desired future to be helpful. You will not be able to chart your path, right? Like the the sailboat analogy, you will not know exactly what you want. And so what they ended up having was a lot of ideas that all were sort of general turn it around kind of ideas, but none of them were, They there's no way to know if those were the ideas that would get them to where they really wanted to go. And what you and I both felt was those ideas were not big enough and the reason they weren't big enough is because their their level of success wasn't specific enough. Does that make sense how I explain that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you're hitting on another important point, which is because the majority of the time when we talk about destination level success, there is a starting point. Th- mm. There's something in human nature and I know there's like a psychological term for it, but I don't I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but um it, it's basically it's the idea of like why in sports, you know, why don't you see more blowouts in sports? That that's sort of the idea. Because you're always bounded by your thinking, if you know what I'm saying. Like mm. there's a point of 
you've set your floor uh, psychologically. And, and mm. in these kinds of cases, normally your floor is set by what is happening right now. Does that make sense? Yes. So you think my salary is X number of dollars, you know, let's say 50,000 a year. I want to increase by 20%. Well, you can only increase by 20% because you've already set your floor at 50,000. Yeah. So you aren't thinking to you to think, oh, I want 100,000 in my salary that, you know, that's a hundred percent increase. That sounds crazy, but it only sounds crazy because you're comparing it to the 50,000 you have now. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, so, and, yeah. So that's what I was going to say is that's the trap that, that we mm. get into. And, and it hap- the reason I brought up sports is because it happens in sports where the, the better team often plays down <laughs> To the worst team, because in our minds, it's something with how we like, you know, bound and it's the same with yes. scores is what I was going to say is, you know, the other team has X number of points. So you're always thinking about your points in relation to the other mm. team's points mm-hmm. where a better approach actually would be to forget how many points the other team has and focus on again, we're back in sports, but I think the, you know. The idea is, is similar. What were you going to say? Yeah. Well, another, I want to come back to the, what you're talking about, the, the mental phenomena, because I think that's a great yeah. point. Um, but another example to take it out of sports for a second is like a business thing. Like you yeah. might say, well, if, if, you know, such and such a company, if Lyft can do, or if Uber can do this many, this much say in sales, surely we can do, you know, Lyft, we can do this much. Yeah. And because they're starting with that. So the, the, um, the word in psychology, actually it's not psychology, it's uh, economics, I believe. Anyway. Um, it's called the anchoring effect. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and basically what that shows is that once you have a number established, there's almost nothing you can do to prevent that number from influencing your thinking. So let me just park mm-hmm. on this for a minute just to explain it. So the, the experiments they did on this, one of them that I always think is hilarious is they said, um, they interviewed random people, like a random sampling of, you know, uh, uh, experiment what do you call people who participate in an experiment? Whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Um, participants? <laughs> participants, I guess. Anyway, and they said, um, okay, would you say that uh, Gandhi was older or younger? They had two groups. One group, they said, would you say he was older or younger than 193 when he died? That was one group. Then another yeah. group, they said, would you say he was older or younger than... 47. Mm -hmm. Now, both of those numbers are obviously wrong, like very wrong. Like he didn't die when he was 47 and no one lives to 193. But what they found was that the, so once they said, you know, obviously the the group that said he was younger than 90, the hundred, the higher group said, yes, he was younger. The lower group said he was older, but then they actually found that on average, their guesses after that, when they Mm -hmm. said, well, how old do you think he was? One guess was way higher and one guess was way lower, like a measurable significant amount. Yeah. And so you're like, if it matters, if the anchoring effect can take place in something like that, which has literally zero, those numbers are irrelevant. Yeah, like they those, just picked those numbers out of a hat. At random almost, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. But they still influenced people's thinking. Then how much more does the anchoring effect play when it's something like the team you're competing against or the business you're competing yeah. against or you're comparing against what your past experience has been, your past performance has been? You're not asking what is possible. You're asking what have I done or what have they done? What has been done? I think that's a great point. Yeah. And another, I think another impact where I see this a lot is, this is going to sound weird, but I think it's important. Well, I think it's interesting. We'll, we'll put it that way. <laughs> Maybe less important <laughs> and more interesting, but um, is in industries and collecting um, sort of the industry advantage. So the, the one I think about a lot is cell phones where for years, 
people who wanted to like sort of knock Apple would say, well, they only have 30% of the market or, or whatever, you know, whatever the number is. I don't know off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but Android has 70% of the market. But what Apple was looking at is how much of the money do they make? You know, they were making 70% of the profit in the market. <laughs> so if you want to, you know, if you're an Android phone maker and you wanted to say how great you are, you know, you would probably look at the market share number. You'd say, see, look, we've got almost 30% of the market share, just like mm-hmm. Apple. Uh, but then Apple, you know, laughing all the way to the bank says, yeah, but we've got 70% of the profit, <laughs> right? Yeah. So in another way, in another place where I see this is, um, and this is re- really where I want to go, is thinking about you're bounded by the market. Like you think in your head, again, I, mm. I don't know how much this would apply, but it's just interesting to think about. You're bounded in a head like the number 100% of the market, that's not a real number. You know, that that is a moving target, right? Mm. Like, so when cell phones first came out, that was a certain number of people who could afford a cell phone. That number has obviously grown. Then smartphones came out. Now we have a completely different set of people who are interested in the idea of a smartphone. That's different from the idea of a cell phone. And the two things are very different. Now we have a completely different market where the mm-hmm. cost of, cell, of smartphones, we'll go back to smartphones, that cost is so low now mm-hmm. that the, the, the number 100% of the market is so much bigger. Mm. So to think we are often bounded by that idea of like, this is the market, this is my market, this is the market we live in, that is even a bound. And sometimes I think thinking, well, we just want to capture X number percent more of our market. That's almost even a trap because then you look at some of these crazy success stories that have come out um i think uber is a good example of that you would you could have said oh well could a new taxi company capture 50 percent of the taxi market Mm. well you see when uber came out it had nothing to do with the taxi market at all they almost reinvented a market which was called ride market yeah so if you were to compare what uber is doing now to the quote taxi market that they came into they're probably capturing 200 percent of that market because they invented a new market almost that happened to capture the old market so even that can be an anchoring effect uh and that's an that's a really common one i don't know why but in business that's that's how you know markets are measured that way in number of customers and probably people factor in you know market growth so to speak yeah yeah. Uh, but again, that's not a real number, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's real. It's realer. It's more real in some <laughs> markets than others. It's more, it's more difficult to innovate around or change. Like for example, any technology company, although arguably, <laughs> arguably everyone is a technology, everything is a technology company, unless it's like truly just person to person. Like, yeah. like I'm just, I was just thinking like the car analogy we made earlier about uh, fixing cars, but like as cars are innovated, it's not impossible that yes. either there's a new kind of car or there's ride sharing becomes like for a while, or maybe um, self-driving well, it's cars. It's already happening becomes, with electric cars, you know, with yep, Tesla electric, making yep. a huge push for electric. Now you see other companies making huge pushes for electric and, you know, industry experts are saying we're going to be completely EV in the next 15 years, probably. Mm-hmm. So if you are right now, you know, fixing cars, like that's your, you're an auto mechanic, that's your business, your market. Like that could be shrinking. So then to say, oh, we want to have X level of success market share wise that, you know, that might not be a good goal because maybe that market's going to keep shrinking Mm -hmm. over the next 15 years as, you know, all your knowledge of how the current combustion engine works might be completely obsolete in 15 years. I mean, not completely. That never happens, but 
there will always yes. be some people who still want to drive a gas guzzler but but like take take the um the thing you said earlier about uber like they didn't make the knowledge of taxis obsolete yes but they changed it so much that it kind of was irrelevant like yeah. uh so what i was going to say is um or maybe like self-driving cars like even if the actual engine the combustion engine doesn't change maybe self-driving cars like now it's no longer any the people like the majority of people don't own cars and there's ride sharing mm-hmm. to a new level. Like yeah. you share a percentage of a car yeah. or you schedule the pickup. It comes and gets you and drops you off. So now it's a company that owns thousands of cars yeah. and they need to get them fixed. And so now it's yeah. like, you know, what is, how do you serve that market? That's a totally different thing. Yep. So there's one example. But the other example I was going to give is like a plumber. I was thinking like maybe if you're like a literally a local plumber, <laughs> I mean, probably for like a what, 100 years or yeah, maybe really not changed. 100, yeah. but like 50, 50 years. Has yeah, that, yeah, for sure. Um, but so it's always going to be pipes and water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. But then I did think, okay, so then, so, so there are certainly places that are markets that where the boundaries are firmer. But then I thought, as soon as I thought of plumber, I thought of, um, so our house, we just had to replace our heating and air conditioning. And, uh, the sales rep that we were talking to, we were looking at like, we, right now we have a boiler, like a really old school, like uh, oil boiler. And he was like, oh man, you know what you should look into is this thing called a mini split system. Uh, and I don't want to get into all the details, but basically yeah. it's amazing. Like it does heating yep. and cooling and it's super efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what he said is like, um, not like it went from like 10% of what they do to like 80% of what mm. they do because a couple of things happened. The technology got better. So now the way the mini split works is it like, it's basically an air conditioner that can do both cooling and heating. It uses the same technology both ways. Uh, so that technology got better, but and the government decided to start subsidizing mm-hmm. uh, people putting that in because yeah. it saves electricity. It's you know it's less uh, carbon dioxide, CO two in the air, whatever. Yep. And so he's like, now everyone wants them, and they're way better. They're way more comfortable. So he's like, it went from ten percent of our business to tw- to eighty percent of our business that mm. we're doing, and it totally changed the market. Uh, just in that little bit. So there's something like heating and air. You're like, eh, maybe that's a little firmer. Yeah, it's but not going to change. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I think even though as you, in the same breath that you say, well, my market can't change that much. Just be careful because it <laughs> it's probably it not can. as impossible yeah. as you think. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that probably doesn't apply to very many people, but it is interesting to think about. Um, I think it applies probably more, probably more than people would think. Um, mm-hmm. those kinds of shifts happened. Like I, I think even in the last 20 years, you know, the shift of the internet and how many mm. industries that that has affected, um, yeah. you know, if you do any kind of publishing, you know, paper, CDs, mm. DVDs, anything like that, your industry just absolutely got transformed and probably you lost a lot of money. Well, maybe lost isn't the right word, but so much of that has gone digital now because of the internet that the pricing models have all been transformed and that's just one technology that changed that you know all of those different industries so it's easy to say that can't happen to us that can't happen to me uh but probably that's not the case yeah yeah (laughs) so cautionary tale (laughs) (laughs) all right so you asked me a question like 20 minutes ago do you want to dive in do you want to dive into okay why would you choose a lower or higher level of success and what yeah. is there any moral or ethical <laughs> uh uh you know realities baked into that where do you want to start on that conversation like the most the most interesting question to me is why would you ever choose a small level of success 
because I feel like that's very counterintuitive. Yeah, so we can jump into that. First, well, I should probably just answer your question because you you keep asking me, so I should probably just answer your question. <laughs> so I think, first I want to bring up this idea. Well, that's all for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear the rest of this conversation, make sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as they're released. You can also view this content along with visuals on our YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. We'll see you on the next one.